Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. We're going we're gonna to really have just a, a time. We're going to try to get you out of here right at 12, hopefully. Pray, pray, pray that the Lord will help me on that. But I really feel like, I really feel, uh, I've been, I've been, start, I started a series about a couple weeks ago that I, it's a long title, that I entitled, um, Bringing Back the Biblical Reformers and Revivalists. Thank you for that one amen. In, <laughs> I need you, girl, I need you. Keep doing it. I like it. She's my amen corner. Every time I need a little extra boost, I'm like. <laughs> But I, I, I titled it that because I believe we can learn principles from biblical characters and apply them now. Why does revival and reform have to only happen 2,000 years ago? And so we talked about Ruth. How many, how many really got blessed by the book of Ruth, right? Today I'm going to speak something I never really spoke upon when it comes to a biblical character. And that's in the book of Judges. And we're going to talk about my good old boy Gideon here for a second. All right, Judges chapter 6. Verse 11, I want, listen, let, let's just have church this morning. Come on, man. Come on, Kevin. Let's just have church. Let's just speak the word. Let's just be happy. Let's get our Bibles out and let's get our notes. Who, who has even notes nowadays? Who even, oh, okay, all right. See, the older generation gets out their pens and their, and their paper. The younger generation is like they put their phones up for their notes. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's, let's turn to Judges chapter uh, 6. Oh, I'm going to encourage you. The, the Lord is going to encourage you today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this Memorial Day weekend. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, remembering what you have done through our nation, through those who sacrificed, Lord God, for our freedom. We thank you, Lord Jesus, as well for the, the times that you have given us over and over again, anoint your word, encourage your body in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask you that you would anoint your word and bring confirmation and healing to those who are here in the body in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. you know, one of the things that I'm grateful for is that the body of Christ has different members. And uh, if we learn how to just celebrate the role of the pastor, the role of the apostle, the role of the, of the prophet, the role of the, t- the, p- the, the teacher, and all these uh, office, the offices, if we learn how to celebrate that, we won't be so critical when we come to church. Come on, say amen. Because, you know, sometimes you have a teacher, sometimes you have a prophet, sometimes you have a pastor. But it's important that you get pastored as well to apply biblical principle to your everyday life. Can I hear an Amen. So we, we, we want that. So Judges chapter 6, I want you to turn to 6 verse 11. If you're there, say amen. Come on, get your Bibles out. Get your Those who are watching me on Facebook, come on, Justin, zoom in on me, baby. No, just joking. <laughs> Judges, Judges chapter 6 verse 11. We have such a great team back there. We love you guys, man. We couldn't do it without you, man. Thank you. All right, Judges, Judges chapter 6, we hardly, I have hardly ever taught on the book of Judges, uh, but in those days uh, before kings and things were like that, the, the God would raise judges to execute justice on the a- enemies of Israel. So God raised up leaders uh, in the book of Judges. And so in verse 11, I'm going to be reading from the NLT. I want you to follow with me because I'm going to encourage you. Turn to someone and say, you're going to get encouraged. We're going to get some principles here, and you're going to see. Watch. All right. Now watch this. This is going to be, you're not going to understand at first, but then I'm going to break it down because it's actually kind of comical and at the same time very refreshing. You're going to see that God's ways of doing things is almost sometimes contrary to even the American church way. So I want you to see this. Verse 11, Judges 6, NLT. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah. Almost at Ophrah again. Which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Now watch. Gideon, this is comical, look at with me. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press. If you know a little bit about biblical things and history, you will know that this, something is off there. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press, watch this, to hide the grain for the Midianites. The Midianites were the, the enemies of Israel, one of the arch enemies in that time. Now watch. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, I love this, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. 
or mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And look, look at Gideon's reply. You would think, yes, amen, an angel is saying he is with me. Look at what Gideon's response is. Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this thing happened to us? Oh, come on, church. Uh, angel, I don't believe what you're saying because everything around our lives and around our nation is going uh, on, on, on an eastward side, is going downhill. I don't believe a word you're saying, angel. <laughs> he's, call, he's calling him a mighty hero. He introduces himself as a mighty hero, a mighty man of valor. And then Gideon's response is, sir, how can you say that? When If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Guys, listen to me. Listen to this. You think again. The Lord is saying, I am with you. Stop the insecurity. I'm with you. Look at Gideon. Mighty, watch this, watch this. Mighty hero, Gideon. Mighty valor, Gideon. God didn't bump his head and, and forget that he was going through what he was going through, and he still called him a mighty man of valor. Watch. Watch, watch. I'm sending you, but the Lord, sorry, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My, watch this. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. What a positive statement that was. Watch this. And I am the least of my entire family. Have you ever found yourself arguing with what God has told you to do? Have you ever found yourself not believing something positive that the Lord is speaking over your destiny because of your current circumstances? Have you ever had a struggle with that? You have to backtrack and realize that in this story, uh, the Lord sends the angel to Gideon because the Israel, if you read the book of Judges, almost every other chapter is, and, the, and Israel did wicked in the sight of the Lord. Therefore the Lord sent, sold them to the enemies. And then God raised up a deliverer. So read it. And he raised up a deliverer and he did this. And then, and then they did, and then when they died, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. So they, the Lord sold them to the enemies again. Trying to teach them to, to, to things of the Lord. The thing that happened again. For 30, 40 years, Joshua was on the scene and Joshua said, hey look, me and my house shall serve the Lord. After Joshua died, the children of Israel transgressed again into the things of wickedness and, and compromise. And so, and so he raised up and delivered. But here's the, the thing that I'm going to break down. I'm going to give you uh, several stories of Gideon this morning. But one of the first points that I have, and it's not on the screen this morning. It's just good old-fashioned. you got to hear and not look at the, at the screen. What, here's what I love. Watch this. The Lord's timing. Oh, my gosh. The Lord's timing. I laughed. I laughed when I studied this. The Lord's timing. Everybody say timing. To reveal his call and his affirmation to Gideon, watch this, had nothing to do with the level of victory that Gideon was currently walking in. The Lord's timing to say, mighty man of valor. You would think this because he's studying scripture, he's he's confessing things right he's believing the lord and god comes on the scene and says i'm going to i'm going to reward your confession i'm going to reward your your stance i'm going to reward your faithfulness and say that's it you are a mighty man of valor god comes to gideon in the midst of doubt fear and negative confession and says you are a mighty hero god comes to Gideon, the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon when he's acting out in fear. You say, how do you, how do you know that? When he's acting out in fear, he, he's acting out in doubt, and he's acting out in negative confession, which I'm going to get there in a moment, which is very clear that he was immature in his godly identity revelation of who he was. He's having this, there's one thing to doubt God when you don't hear God's audible voice. But then there's another thing, you know you have a problem. When God's audible voice comes to you and says, you are my hero, you're a mighty man of valor. No, I'm not God. I am the weakest in my clan. I'm the worst in my family. There's a difference between an anointed preacher saying, look at what your identity is. Look who you are in Christ. Then God himself saying, you my boy. No, I'm not. What? Is the problem here? Here's what I've learned in the, in the story in the book of Judges. Oh, this is going to encourage you. God's ooh, listen to this. God's calling. Uh, this is going to mess some of you up. 
God's calling, affirmation, and how he feels about you comes at the most seemingly un unlikely times when you're not feeling so super about God. When you're, not, when you're not acting out all the way through the things that you want to and the things of the Lord, that's when God says, mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor, the Lord is with you. And yet, you just had an argument with your spouse. I, there's been times that I just had an argument with my wife, and the very next day I receive a prophetic word of how pleased God is with me. I'm like, are you? <laughs> Either that person was off, or I don't fully understand God's identity. Because his feelings for you and his call for you and his affirmation for you, yes, God does not endorse purposeful sin. God does not endorse. He is not happy with sin. But I'm telling you that his timing to come to Gideon was not when Gideon had it all together. God's timing to come to you is not because you are perfect and walking in just all the ways, God sees you before you were created in your mother's womb. And what he's doing is calling out destiny out of you. That's why Peter, when he was in the midst of rebellion, he says, you are the rock. What? Peter, Peter with just a couple verses afterwards, was going to say, uh, 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 he's denying the Lord three times, yet God was calling him the rock. Not because he was perfect or he definitely didn't have any weaknesses because my boy had a lot of weaknesses. It's because he's calling destiny out of him. He's calling purpose out of him. Now, now, now watch this. You say, where do you get fear and doubt? Let me break that down for you. Gideon was hiding in fear. Everybody say fear. You say, how do you get that in that scripture? Because the Bible says that he was in the wine press threshing. Now, I'm a city boy. I don't know a lot about farming stuff. But I've done enough research to know that you don't thresh the grain and the wheat down in, in a place that's hidden, you do it out in the open where the wind was because you would throw the wheat up and the wind would, would carry away the shaft, the, the shaft and would leave the grain on the floor. So the fact that Gideon was purposely hiding and threshing, he was in fear. He did not want the Midianites to see him. And he was the, the second thing that, that, that Gideon was struggling with is that he was struggling with doubt. Say doubt. God, he, he, two times he said, how can you say the Lord is with me? Can I pause and say this? How many times have we said that? How, can, how many times have we said, the Lord is with me? We don't feel like the Lord is with us when we have all these financial collapses happening. We don't feel like the Lord is with us when you see all these things happening to your, to your family or to your business or to your ministry. How can you say the Lord is with me? And then the other thing that I see Gideon struggling with is that, and this is what you were prophesying, is the promise is there, but our confession is, is aborting some of the promises in our life. He said, he said, I am the least in my family. In other words, 2018 version, I don't deserve the call of God. Don't you see? I'm just a nobody. I don't even have a Bible degree. I don't even, I just love God. But I'm not qualified. He's already cursing his destiny. So I see three things. Watch this. It's in that fear, it's in that doubt, and it's in that negative confession when the Lord appears to him and says, mighty man of valor. <laughs> Hello? It's in that place of, I don't believe I'm worthy enough to, to receive the call of God in my life. When we see and experience things in our life, it will, the number one thing that is a threat when we see negative things happening is the threat to your identity. Do you realize that the enemy comes at your weakest time to threaten one thing? Hear me. He threatens who you are in Christ. Remember Jesus? We've made, we've made the three temptations of Jesus all about his power to overcome. It was all about threatening his sonship. Watch. He's, he's fasting 40 days. And I don't care who you are. Even Jesus, the Bible says he was hungry. Some people, oh, he's Jesus. He wasn't hungry. No, the Bible says hey, he was hungry. I don't care what, you know in those cartoons when, you, when you're hungry, you see like a rock and it's like a hamburger. <laughs> or you see your friend, your skinny friend and it's a hot dog. You know those Tom and Jerry movie, the cartoons. <laughs> you're like, man, that, that little skinny dude is a hot dog right now. I'm going to eat him. When you're fasting for 40 days and you are full of hunger, anything will look good. You could put butter on, a, on stone and it kind of like, you know what? 
it, this is going to be good. So watch this, watch this. We've made the temptations of Jesus all about his ability and power to overcome, but that's not it. There was a goal in the enemy in mind. The goal of the enemy was to threaten his identity. Watch this. You say, how do you know that, Pastor George? Easy, because when he's hungry and he's weak, the devil comes in and watch what he says. Are you ready to shout? If you're the son of God. He didn't just throw something to him so that he could see that he is Lord and have the ability to overcome it. It was not about his ability to overcome. It was threatening his sonship in the Lord. If you are the son, he's attacking his identity. If you are the son of God, watch this, do something, perform for me. If I had enough time, I'll tell you that we have in the body of Christ need to expose performance-driven Christianity instead of relationship. Watch. If you are the son of God, watch. If you are the son of God, what is he attacking? Is he attacking his ability to overcome that or is he attacking his sonship in the Lord? If he could get him to die, hmm, no. It, watch. If you're, the, if you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Man, it's not, get away from me, devil. Man should not live by bread alone but by every word that, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Three times, okay, go up into the, into, the, into the mountain and then the devil starts quoting scripture. See, if you don't know your identity, the enemy will start falsely accusing you and then you'll believe that as truth. Well, you know what? If you go ahead and, 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 and toss yourself out there, just worship me. Toss yourself out because the angels will carry you. All right, he's actually quoting the book of Psalms. And he goes, you sh the, 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 the Lord says you should not tempt the Lord your God. And he keeps on doing that. Why do I say that? Because identity has a couple of main realities. Number one, number one, and this is what I see Gideon, all right. Godly identity is the confidence you gain. This is how I summed it up. The confidence you gain and have by knowing who the Lord is, watch this, and your inheritance because of your position in Christ. I don't want you to get too deep, but I want you to say that again. Part of godly identity goes two ways. The first way is the way that you receive freedom is through godly identity is to know who the Lord is, watch this, and what you have accomplished, sorry, what you have access to through your position in Christ. If you don't know who you are, you will, you, will gain, you will miss what the access points that you have in your life. Now watch this. The second reality, and it's the opposite of identity. Now this is, this is key for me. This is actually kind of new. I've been studying. Is that your humanity in all of its weaknesses does not disqualify you from the seemingly untimely favor and blessings and affirmation that the Lord wants to release to you. You didn't hear what I just said because I would have got more amens. The other side of identity is God's side. So the first side is how we view God. And then the other side is a, revel a revelation of how God views us. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you have godly identity, you will know that your humanity and all of your weakness does not disqualify you from having the affirmation of God during your weakness. Can you imagine? So he, he, let me paint a picture to you. Here, here's Gideon, right? Is here Gideon. Hey, and, and I'm going to do 2018 uh, version. Man, uh, this is PG version, okay, the PGV. <laughs> Man, I just can't believe I'm just going through this stuff. Man, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit the ministry. You know, it's just so hard. People are always talking about me, and I can't get anything right. And, and I'm just paraphrasing. I'm just giving you an example of what everyday talk goes like in your heart. Come on, don't act like it's just me. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just tired. I don't feel like going to this prayer meeting. Watch, watch. I'm, I don't feel like going to church. I'm so, so tired. I'm just, you know what, I just watched something yesterday I shouldn't watch. And I just, I'm just so guilty. God really is just like, you know, I, he must be teaching me a lesson. And all of a sudden, while you're talking about this and you're tired and in the midst of you, like, not I don't really want to go to church today. I want to feel the word. Behold, mighty man of valor, George, I am with you. And you're like, What? How can you be with me when I'm talking about I don't want to go to church, I don't want to read the Bible, I don't want to go to this prayer meeting. And God says, because what you're confessing has nothing to do with how I view you. In the long term of things of what I created you to be. You understand? He sees where you're at. And so why do I say this? And sometimes when we're feeling ourselves and not into God is when God comes and affirms us. Imagine you that are parents. 
that you just saw your child throw a tantrum. <laughs> He's throwing a tantrum. She's throwing a tantrum. I just want food now. And you're like, I said no. And she throws it at you. In my house, I'd be like, oh, it's on now. And they're just throwing a tantrum, and, and, and they're like, I don't want this. I said don't do it. And then they do it anyways, and they say, oh, yeah, and they throw it on the floor. And then and you watch your kids throw a tantrum, and then 30 seconds later, you go, come over here. And they think they're going to get a spanking. They're like, come over here. It's like, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. <laughs> I just want you to know how much, daddy, how much daddy and mom love you. doesn't mean that God doesn't correct. He does correct. But sometimes... God has to get our attention off of a correction mode into a father mode or else we will never receive from the father. We will only see him as a corrector and the one that has the belt in his hands ready to, to, to punish every weakness that we have. And that's why you have to realize that th this is what Gideon was going through. Gideon was going through an untimely visitation of favor, watch this, this is going to heal you, that he didn't feel he deserved. But I'm here to tell you prophetically that if you know the nature of God, he has something greater. Because his mercy is actually, I can't understand this, there's a mystery about mercy. When you and I are the recipients of mercy, it will, watch this, are you ready? You won't have to have podcasts or preachers tell you to turn. And repent. The goodness of God that you received through mercy and you know you didn't deserve it will cause your life to turn around by itself. That's why in the Beatitudes, right after, right after, right after, blessed are those who uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness, they should be filled. What's the next Beatitude right after that? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mercy is the necessary balance to holiness because if mercy was not there in our approach, God will be impossible to approach if he was only holy and not, and not merciful also. He'll be impossible to approach. He is holy, but he's also merciful. So when you receive the mercy of God and you know that you don't deserve it and you feel the, the answer of God that you're going to call go to the nations and you just like been dry as a doornail and then a prophet it releases a word that you're going to change the world, what does that do to your heart? You realize that God doesn't see you the way you, he sees you. And, and, and experiencing his mercy alone causes your heart to turn. If we preach repentance without the, without the ingredients to repent and the, the, the goodness of God, we will be legalistic in nature. But if we say, here's the tools why you need to repent because the Holy Spirit's inside of you. And he doesn't want you to grieve the Holy Spirit. And so what you do is you, is you release and yield to the Holy Spirit and then you won't want to do those things. And the mercy of God and the goodness of God is coupled with your desire to turn. So he's finding himself hiding. The second point I want to say. Are you getting something this morning? Watch this. This is good. Second thing I saw in Gideon is this. The principle is that private devotion and private faithfulness prepares us for public power. Private faithfulness and private devotion prepares us for public power, public ministry. But it all starts in the home. I'm going to say something right now. It starts in the home. It's time to get our house in order. You say, where do you get that? I'm glad you asked. Look at Judges. We'll continue in Judges. Now, I'm going to say something in Judges that you guys probably didn't know. Did you guys know that before God trusted Moses, I mean Moses, um, Gideon to go out into public ministry, he had to take care of some household things first? Watch this. Do you know that, that, that Gideon's father was an idolater, worshiping idols, and God told Gideon, before you go out to, to your public ministry, get your house in order. Stop avoiding the question, I know it's going to be awkward, but stand for truth in your home. Then I'll trust you for, for the pulpit. I'll trust you with public ministry. Watch this. Look at this. Verse 6. Sorry, verse 16. Here goes. Verse 16 on the screen. Judges 6, verse 16. The Lord said to Gideon, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me. Again, this dude, he still doesn't get it. If you truly are going to help me, show me, a, show me a sign to prove that this is really the Lord speaking to me. God is so merciful. Don't go away. He's talking to the angel, right? Angel, angel of the Lord, stay right here. I'll be right back. 
Literally, that's what he said. He goes, don't, don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. And he answered and he said, the angel goes, don't worry, I'll stay right here. I'm cutting the story short, but he goes and bakes some food and gets it on the rock. And then the angel points a little staff and they lit on fire. And he goes, oh, my God, God is, God, you really are God now. Right? The angel of the Lord, let's go to verse 20. Verse 20. The angel of God said to him, place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock, okay, and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. And the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the bread with the tip of the staff in his hand. And fire flamed up from the rock. And consumed what he had. In other words, he was proof that there was an offering being offered. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, duh, he's been talking to you this whole time. When he realized it was the angel of the Lord, he cries, oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Look at this. Look at this. Look at verse 25. Here's where I'm going to get at in the second point. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second, watch this. Ready? Everybody says, I got to put my house in order. Say that with me. Right before he was trusted, he got affirmed. He got affirmed. He got called. Right before he got trusted with public ministry, before God says, before you deal with the enemy, the Midianites, you need to start your house. You need to start with your family. I'm preaching good now. You don't even know what I'm going to preach, but you know it. That night, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal. Woo! You want, you want public ministry? Go ahead and start revival in your home. Start cleaning out the idols in your home. Watch. watch. Pull down the father, your father's altar that is erected to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord. Replace the idol and now build it to the Lord. All right? Watch this. Your God upon this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully, sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar using a fuel. Watch this. I love this. Use the fuel of the wood of the idols so it could be burned away. Look at me. Look at me. Private devotion, private faithfulness sets up for public power. But here's what I'm going to say. If I had time, I would tell you all the current 2018 idols that we need to deal with in our home. Oh, can I preach for a second? Can I preach this for a little bit? Can I preach for a little bit? Go back to your home and deal with the idols in your home. See, you, you're not excited because we, 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 sometimes we don't even realize in our home is a, is, a, is a breeding ground for a lot of idolatry. We think idolatry is just coming out there. Do you know that in the home there's a TV and praise God for TVs. We love TVs. TVs are not an idol, but it's the time that you spend on the TV that can become an idol in your home. And in the TV is either we watch the, the, the video games. Video games have become an idol in the home. There's teenagers and people and adults that spend days just playing video games. Come on, come on. How about that TV, that's, uh, that, 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 that sports show that you can't miss or that, that movie that you can't miss? If it's something on the TV that you can't miss and it's fighting against a meeting that you have to go to in ministry or family or God, that, my, my friend, that's an idol. If you, listen, if, if God is saying this or that, and you most of the time don't miss this because, be, be, because that is going to be affected, then that's an idol. Listen to me, guys. It starts in your home. You know what, you know what uh, Isaiah told Hezekiah? He says, go ahead and put your house in order. You're going to die. Hezekiah wept bitterly, and he, and he cried. And as the prophet is, is leaving, he, he gave the word of the Lord. God saw Hezekiah's plea and cry and talk to the prophet again and said, go back around and tell him I'm adding 15 more years to his life. It's like, what, Lord? He goes, I've seen his cry. I've seen his cry. He's putting his house in order. Marriages, you need to put your house in order. Husbands, you need to put your wife, uh, not wife, sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Whoo. He said, preach. <laughs> Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. No. <laughs> Husbands, put your house in order. Parents, 
it's time to put your house in order through your children. Do you know that, that, that the priest, Eli, got judged because he didn't discipline his sons? Oh, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Eli, the priest, was judged by God because he allowed his sons position in the ministry and did not correct them, did not correct them when they were, they, they were eating the, the fat of the offering that was meant to be for the Lord. If you don't put your house in order, the enemy will put it in order. Look at me. It, we need to bring back family dynamics in the preaching of the gospel. Everything is not just spiritual and speaking in tongues and prophesying. Come on, somebody. you got to have some discipline and say, no, son, you're not going to do that. You know, or, or, or watch this. Put your finances in order. Get together in a table and start budgeting and dreaming with your family and, and, and start cutting things off instead of God is just going to take care of it. No, he's not. He wants you to put your house in order. Before Gideon, well, I'm preaching good this morning. Before Gideon was trusted with public ministry, the first thing the angel of the Lord says, yeah, you're a mighty man of valor. Yes, you're, uh, you're, a, you're a mighty hero and I'm with you. But before you are launched out into destroying the Midianites, tear down the idol in your, in your home. Identify. You know what's another idol in the home? Oh, help me, Lord. Laziness. Idle time. Sleep. I love sleep. That could become an idol. How about the access to food we have? <laughs> someone's, having, someone's having twitches right now, getting delivered right now. They're thinking of that hot dog and that hamburger. No, but for real, for real. Has food become an idol? Don't, 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 don't. Just think about it. Has food become an idol? Has friendships become an idol? What's in your home? See, you know why we don't deal with it in our home? Because we're looking for real big idols. It's not, it's not the statues. It's not the statues. It's the things that we are spending more time in. Watch this, in the home. The angel of the Lord said, go home. Before you do any of this ministry stuff that I just called you to do, now get right in your home. Get right in your family. Come and meet with your family and repent before your family. And you know what the Bible says? I don't have time to do that. The angel of the Lord said that. And Gideon went to his home and my boy cut down the altar of Baal. And the Bible says the whole city wanted to kill him. And you know how I have proof that the Lord was doing something in, in Gideon's father? I don't have time to read it, but you read, read Judges for yourself. Gideon's father came back and withheld the mob and said, no, 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 don't kill him. Are we going to put our trust in Baal now? Hello, sir, you just had a an idol of Baal. But here's the point. When God reveals something to you, it's okay. Cut it off and move forward. So what is in your home? What's the idolatry in your home? You know what the Bible says about, about home, about starting home? Judgment starts in the house of God. Starts in the home, but also revival. If we listen, if we can't stand up for truth in our home, we will never be able to stand for truth out there. If you can't look at your family members in the eye, and even though you have that awkward conversation and say, you know what, this is what the Bible calls sin, and you're doing it. And I love you enough to tell you, you need to stop. I don't care what progressive thing that you're picking up in your school that says everything is okay, it's not okay. And you have, listen, listen, some of you want worldwide, oh, I'm going to say something that's going to be an ouch moment. Some of you want a worldwide ministry, but you can't even handle your home. <laughs> Harvest. What is that scripture, uh, the qualifying of a bishop? They must be, what? Temperate and be able to control their home. How can you control the house of God if you can't control your home? I got three amens. Because we live in a generation that is so spiritual that we don't want to take responsibility for natural things. Well, it's just the blood, the blood of Jesus is going to stop me from, from getting all this cholesterol. It's the blood of Jesus. I'm going to eat five hamburgers. It don't matter. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is with me. Oh, you know what? I have faith in God. My finances are going to turn around. Okay, I have faith in God. But are you still spending all that mass money on, on, on traveling and on suites and on this that you're not being a good steward of your finances? I told you this is going to be a good old-fashioned preaching this morning. But you know what it's talking about, this, this second point about, about starting in your home? Oh, this is good. Pre oh, this is good. It's talking about integrity. You know what God looks at? God looks at integrity before he trusts you with public ministry. In other words, 
Let me see if you do what no one's looking at. And when you do what no one's looking at, I'll trust you when everyone's looking. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. Hey, when you pray, don't pray like those hypocrites in the synagogue say, hey, look, I'm praying. I'm going to have, look how much I'm praying, everybody. He says, go into your room, close the door, and the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you do a good deed, don't sound the trumpet and say, hey, look, everybody, you know what? I'm sacrificing, man. I just gave that guy $100. Oh, how spiritual are you? That's so good. He goes, when, he, told, he said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Just give. Don't draw attention to yourself. And the Bible says, the God who sees you give in secret will reward you openly. It's about integrity. When the angel of the Lord said, go back to your home and deal with the idols, he's talking about looking for integrity in men and women. Are you willing to be integrous in your family first? Or, there's going to be another ouch moment, are you someone here and so, totally different at your home? Are you, are, you, are you somebody all spiritual here and then in your home you're a totally different person? This is not a cap that you put on on Sunday mornings and act like a Christian. This is an everyday thing. With your, you, you, you should get to the point where you start crying with your spouse about the goodness of God over dinner. About, oh, he is just so good. There's times I'm talking to my wife and I get emotional about the things of God. It doesn't stop here. As a matter of fact, if it's only here, you've, you've been disqualified. Can I hear an amen? Holiness is not just a two-hour thing. Come on. Now the third thing. Oh, I love this. The third thing that I, how many are getting encouraged that I see in Gideon in this story is God is patient with our weaknesses in trusting and believing in him when he's already spoken something about us. How many of us, God has spoken something, a destiny inside of our lives. He spoke to you a business idea. He spoke to you a ministry. He spoke to you a direction that you need to go. And you are so lackadaisical about doing it. And you are so not into doing it. And it's taken so long. God is so patient. Even when we use our lack of faith and say, God, give me a sign. When Gideon said, give me a sign, what he was basically saying in modern day terms is, I don't believe you enough just to hear your word and believe it for myself. I need an extra sign. And God could have said, you know what, you unbelieving believer. I'm not going to give you a thing. Don't you know that I send an angel, an angel to speak to you, and you still don't believe me. You're not qualified. God's, watch this. Watch how patient God. I'll be honest with you. Gideon is the ultimate example of the guy who was the sign above sign above sign. I mean, I have asked for a sign, but my boy Gideon took it to another level. It's like you ask for a sign, God gives it to you, then you ask for another sign because you don't believe the sign that God already gave you, that you asked for. Look, 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 look. Judges 6, look at verse 36. 36, watch this, put it up on the screen. Then Gideon said to God, watch, this is like, this is like, uh, it doesn't make sense, it's confusion. If you, he's talking to God, if you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel, watch this, as you promised. (laughs) What? You just dissed yourself. You just admitted that you promised to deliver Israel. If you're going to deliver Israel, it's like modern day. If you're going to use me like you said you were yesterday, then tell me again today. Is it one time enough? Watch. If you're going to truly use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. Now watch this. We all do there. We all ask God for signs. Okay. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning but dry, but the ground is dry, which is an impossible thing, then, watch this, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel. That's all he needed. He just that one confirmation that the Lord is. But God sees our immaturity and he is patient with our immaturity because in the process, he's building the leader inside of you. Watch, 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 watch. Once, if, if, if it's wet and the ground is dry, that's my sign. That's my sign. You know, we have to be careful. I'm, I won't go with it, but we have to be careful what, what kind of signs you give to God. Give him a, a supernatural sign to fulfill like that one. To be, if you're going to use signs, don't be like, if she's my wife, have her wear a red shirt. And, and the girl wears a red shirt like half of the time. <laughs> you're like, God, if she's my wife or he's my husband, have him smile. And the dude smiles all the time. 
No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this, this, super, super, this is a supernatural sign. It is scientifically impossible to have the, the, the fleece wet and the, the rest of the ground dry. It, it, it's impossible. So watch this. God in his patience says, I'll do that, Gideon. For you, I'm, I love you so much. I see that you're work in progress. And I'm not, watch this, I'm not going to disqualify your call because of your weakness. Even your weak yes moves my heart, so I'm going to do it for you. Oh, come on. Even your little, little like, like tripped up yes, I'll go to the nations, and you're falling flat on the floor, and your finances is gone, but you just have that yes. God says, I'll work with that. I will work with that little yes, and all the other things that you're worried about, I'll handle them as you go. So watch this. And watch this. Are you ready? Look, look at the screen. Look at this. And that is just what happened. In other words, God says, Everything that you ask as a sign for me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now watch, when Gideon got up early in the morning, watch this. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the whole bowl full of water. You would think, oh my God, he's really going to use me. He just answered an impossible, impossible, impossible sign. Then Gideon said to God, please, please, don't be angry with me. <laughs> but but, but let, let me make one more request. Like, like that one wasn't enough. Uh, one more request. Let, let me use the fleece one more time. And this time, let the fleece remain dry and the ground wet. Another impossibility. Sometimes we don't appreciate God because we don't appreciate the miracles that he has already done in our life. Some of you should have been dead. Some of you should have been divorced. But there's been a miracle that's happened and we're still asking, do you still love me? You don't recognize that he saved you from disaster. He's giving you such miracles, and yet we're still asking. You know why? Because we're insecure with who we are, and we're allowing our past sin to dictate the call of God in our lives. Watch this. Gideon said, please don't be angry. And he said it. Even after God answered a sign, he asked him for another sign. You know what this means? God is ever so patient with our work in process. Listen. It doesn't catch God by surprise that it's taking you. Some of us are more knuckleheaded than others. Watch this. Your call is eternal. Your assignment is eternal. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Now, there's danger to that because that means you can still live in sin and operate in your gift. And people still get healed. And you're deceived that God is still uh, just pleased with everything you do. And that is not uh, the truth. You can operate from a gift and not from an anointing. Now watch. Now watch. While you're throwing a tantrum about doubt and stuff, God reconfirms the call of God in your life. Some of you, this is encouraging today, this morning. Some of you have just felt like you have been the worst. You, you, you don't have any desire to pray. And God is still saying, I still call you to the nations. I still call you to be a teacher. I still call you to be a reformer. I still call you to bring change in your home and in the city. I still call you. I still have that, that, that album in you. I still have that, that arch in you. I still have that vision in you. I want you to write this down. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Before I get to Worship team, if you could come up here. Man, I'm feeling God this morning. How many feel encouraged? I want you to write this down. Ready? Write this down. Good old-fashioned note-takers, write this down. Here's gonna be, this is going to be encouraging to you. Are you ready? Here, here's the quote. I want you to quote. God's ability to lead you is greater than your ability to hear him. God's ability to lead you is greater than your ability to hear him. Some of you are not progressing in the things of God because you feel, oh, let me just backtrack. You feel that you've missed it because you failed to listen to God over and over and over again. I have news for you. God's ability to lead you is much greater than your ability to hear him. It's going to happen if you, if you continue to yield to the Lord. Now watch this. This is some really good stuff here. I saved one of the best for last. I saved this best for last. In the, in, the, in the story of Gideon. He talked, Gideon talked about, we talked about how Gideon, he's patient with us. The Lord is patient with us. And that private devotion sets us up with public ministry. And that we have to start with our home. 
But lastly, to finalize and establish obedience and maturity in us. Watch this, church. To finalize and establish obedience and maturity in us, God then turns around, not all the time, but in this case, and in many of our lives, it is. God turns around and throws us a test. Listen, Gideon up until this point was throwing all the tests to God. If if this, if this, if this, if this. Okay, do it again. You did it impossible. Do it again. And God did it again. But to establish and finalize maturity in you and I, God throws us a test. And I'm going to show you what that test is. Many tests through trials and, and, and things like that. But the test, watch this now, is to remove anything or anyone that would try to take the credit for your freedom, deliverance, and maturity other than God. His test, oh, watch this. His test is a stripping, not just of fleshly things, but of sometimes resources and people that you're putting too much trust on. And the test is, I'm going to strip things away so that you'll stop looking at them as your resource, but you start looking at me as the only resource. God now, now watch, when you get to this level, believe me, it's painful. I've gone through that. But it's God saying, you're putting too much trust in man. You're putting too much trust in the crowd. You're putting too much trust in the finances. God still is God, whether we have 500 people or 50 people. In your marriage, in your calling, you may say, I have a worldwide calling and I have 30 people. And that's where the enemy messes in your head. Or I have, a, I have a call, prophetic call, to start albums and to start music, and you have no open doors right now. Watch. watch. Look at Judges 7. This is the last scripture. Look at verse 2 through 7 in the NLT. Actually, I have one more scripture. Lord, I repent for that. I have one. Watch this. Watch this. Say, say this with me. God is removing the strength of self. God is removing the strength of self. Removing the strength of my own strength. The prophet Jeremiah said, cursed is the man who makes his, trust his, the arms of his flesh. Now watch, look at, look at, look at what final test God now throws to Gideon. Gideon's been throwing all the tests. Now God says, I'm going to mature you. I'm going to throw one test to you to see if you really believe that I called you to to see if you really believe in your identity come on watch this look at verse 2 chapter 7 here it goes and the Lord said the Lord said to Gideon you have too many warriors with you oh I could shout you have you have too much resources to get me glory you have too many friends around you because when you get your deliverance you're gonna say it was my friends I have to remove something so that I can get all the glory You, you got too many resources with you and they're vying for glorification in your life it's easy to praise God when you got $5,000 savings in your bank account. It's easy to, to, to be happy all the time when someone just gave you $50,000 and you have a chilling in the bank. How about when you got nothing? God is removing false identity of where you get joy from and you get stability from. Watch, watch. You got too many warriors with you. If I let, look at what God says. Please follow with me. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, watch this. The Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Woo! Even God says, look, if you, I, could go, I, could, I could lead you to the Midianites with all these 30,000 people, but there's so much, there's so much of you that they're going to say, like, it was the army that did it modern day terms it was my planning that did it it was my resources that did it it was my organization that did it it was it was my spirit of excellence that did it that's why the church is growing is because the spirit of excellence because of the programs no god is doing it the bible says the lord added to the church daily it didn't say it didn't say that he had great programs and that i'm sure they did but i guarantee you he didn't highlight the great program he said the lord added the lord added the lord added the lord 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 Watch, 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 watch. Therefore, tell the people, whoever, I love this, this God is gangster. Tell the people, watch this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test you, Gideon. Tell the people, whoever is afraid and timid, to go home. You would think, you would think, I'm 
I, not me. I won't tell anybody I'm, I'm afraid. 22,000 people said, oh, thank God, I'm, I'm out of here. Thank God, I was waiting for you because I really don't want to do this. 22,000 of them went home, leaving 10,000. Watch this, watch, watch, look at me, look at me. You would think 10,000, okay, 10,000 from 22,000, that's a lot. That's less, right? God says that's still not enough. <laughs> look at this. But the Lord told Gideon there's still too many people in your life vying for my glory, my presence, my deliverance in your life. Some of you say, man, if it wasn't for Pastor George, I wouldn't be here. No, if it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't be here. Man, if it wasn't for that leader that was with me and walked through, man, I, I tell you what, like, th th something would have been happening. You know what, you got to get to a point where, yeah, thank God for the people God has placed in your life, but you have to get to the point where if it wasn't for the Lord, I would have lost my mind. If it wasn't for those lonely times that I cried out to God and I felt his presence invading my heart like a fire, I don't know where I would be right now. If I didn't come and obey the voice of the Lord to forgive those people to hurt me, I would have been a bitter mess right now. The Lord is stripping you from even looking to your spouse for strength that God could only give you. Yes, look to your family for the needed emotional support, but do not look for them for freedom and deliverance in your life because only God could do that. Watch, watch, watch. Look at this. Look, the Lord says there's still too many people. Bring them down to the spring and I will test them. Oh, God don't test anybody. Yes, he does. I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Look at this. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told them, divide the men into two groups. One group put all who cup the water in their hands and lap it with their tongue like dogs. So when I first read that, I was like, surely he's not going to take that one. Then the other group put them all who kneel down and drink with their mouth on the stream. Only 300, say 300, of the men drank with their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths. Look at this last verse. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you the victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. 22,000, 10,000, like you have too much resources. 300, you know why? Because when you get the victory, Gideon, you're going to look around and you are all going to say, if it wasn't for the Lord, that was my strength, surely none of this would have happened because we defeated the Midianites with 300 measly people, a whole entire city. Why? Because God's test for maturity in you is that you will remove yourself out of the equation. And if we would learn how to get out of the way, most of the time we will win all of our battles. We're fighting battles that we were never meant to fight. The Bible says flee youthful lust. Don't try to fight something that he's commanding you to run from. Yes, resist that. Yes, come against that. But I'm telling you right now, you, you, have, you have to remember what, Jehosha, what God told Jehoshaphat. He says you will not have to fight in this battle. Oh, Watch this, watch this. You know why many of us are frustrated? Is because we're taking on battles that we never were assigned to take. We are, we are frustrated because we're trying to make it work in our own timetable. And God says, get out of the way. I'm stripping you so that you will see that when I get you into that place of freedom, you will know that it is only me, not your friends, not your degrees, come on, not your, not your wisdom or your knowledge, but you'll sit back and say, if God defeated the enemy with 300, surely God did everything. Reason why you're frustrated is because you're trying to be a perfectionist when God is trying to teach you grace. Look at this. I'm going to close with this. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Put it up there on the screen. New King James. Woo! Second Chronicles 20 verse 15, and then we're going to jump to 17. The Lord says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. He's talking. He's talking. The Lord is talking to you. He's talking to Jehoshaphat here. 
And your king Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord. Everybody say, thus says the Lord. Come on, say, thus says the Lord. One more time, say, thus says the Lord. You know why I say that? Because this is thus says the Lord to you. I'm prophesying to you right now. Are you ready? Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. I'm going to 2018 it. For this great mountain that's before you. Do not be afraid for the battle is not yours but God's. The battle is not yours but God's. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. And now. There you go. You will not need to. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm setting you free right now. Some of you, I'm setting you free right now. You will not need to fight in this battle. What? What? You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. What's the first thing that the angel said to Gideon? Come on. Shout at me if you if you're following along. Mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. With you. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. In the midst of you complaining, in the midst of you hiding from the Midianites, in the in the in the midst of you being fearful and negative confession, the Lord sends an angel and says. The Lord is with you. Yes, he sees those complaints. Yes, he sees those frustrations. He sees it when you want to shout at the top of your lungs and say, I don't understand what's happening in this, in my seat in your life. And the Lord is saying, I am with you. And I'm stripping all this area because I'm bringing you down to 300 spiritually, emotionally, so that I can get the credit. Watch this. Do not fear. Just be dismayed. For the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Look at me, guys. I'm closing with this. The Holy Spirit wants to let you know today that no matter what the problem is facing in front of you, what the Lord is doing in this season is actually making you leaner. Not just physically, but He's making you leaner, cutting things away. And sometimes it's situations that you've been holding on to or, or promises or, or people or, or resources. God says, those are great. But they've taken the place of me and so I'm going to remove them so that you know that there is nobody like the Lord. Some of you praying for a miracle in your marriage and you've tried all the counselors in the world. The Bible says the woman with the issue of blood came to all these doctors and none of them made them well. One encounter with Jesus stopped the blood flow. I don't know even how to end this, to be honest, but I feel the Lord wants to highlight two things in this message. Number one, he wants you to go back home and take and put your house in order. Like he told Gideon, you want public ministry? Here's my assignment for you. Get your kids in order. Get your finances in order. Get your family in order. Get your life in order. Get your home in order. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. He's patient with your weakness. And number three, lastly, I want everyone to stand up. I want everyone to stand up. Oh, this is freedom here. How many are getting something this morning? He's cutting you down from 22,000 to 10,000 to 300. You know why? Because he wants you to finally get to a place where you mature in the things of God and not rely on your best friend to get you to the place where God only can get you. Some of you won't even go to church if your best friend don't go to church. Some of you won't even talk about the things of God unless someone else talks about the things of God. Some of you won't even initiate prayer or holiness unless someone tells you to do that. It's time to accept the fact that, watch this, here's, here's how I'm going to end, that it's not God's enemy. It's not the devil who is stripping you to, 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 to have these things that you're depending on. It's actually the Lord who's cutting it down so that you can refocus all your trust on God of Him being Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Can I hear an Amen. Come on, lift up your hands right now. Come on, lift up your hands. God wants to encourage you today. He wants to encourage you this morning. 
that he called Gideon a mighty man of valor while he was negatively speaking. And I feel like some of you have been doing You've had a bad month and you're talking you're talking smack and you're and you're backbiting or you're or you're talking behind leadership's back or you're or you're gossiping and God still says you're my favorite one. You you are my my hero. And you're like, I don't feel like it. I just talked about this and I just felt like this and I and I didn't pray and I haven't opened my Bible in 2 weeks. God is saying, mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor, the Lord is with you. Come on, just position yourself. Come on. If you're going through a stripping process, here's what I want you to do. Lift up your hands and say thank you. Come on. Just say thank you. That's it. That's it. I want you to say thank you. Come on. We're going to worship right now before I dismiss. And uh, yield and surrender to the stripping process so that you go from that 22,000 to 300. And you say, how is that possible? Because the Lord is about to show you that he's king over your life. Come on. I want you to lift up your hands right now, worship team. Come on. I want you to lift up your hands right now. We're going to pray before we, before we dismiss. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.